0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to CSFP Live in London. OK. No, that good. That better good than better. They can do better, but they will. They will later. warm up. Um, Sid and Al and I'm Phil and we're all... Uh, we're very excited to be here. You're very excited. Sydney. Very
2: excited, but I'm always very excited, you know that. You
1: are an excitable man. You're very excited as well. Likewise. Less excitable, but we're, we're all very happy to be here. And we're excited and we're delighted to have you join us here. Um, before we start, just a quick show of hands. How many people actually listen to the podcast? Okay. So, I mean, a few people have just wandered into the air conditioning. That's cool. Um, you'll enjoy the show, I hope. Just don't... Ask us to do any basic arithmetic. Um, The format is pretty basic. It's the A to Z of La Liga. It had to be basic, didn't it? A is for... Athletic. And Atletico. Uh, We live in strange and difficult times, Sydney. Uh, One of the worst things we witness far too often is people in this country calling them Atletico Bilbao. It's awful. It's awful.
2: Or Atletico Madrid. Please.
1: Please. Please. Obviously, these guys, you know, you guys, you're fighting the good fight, you're with us. We, we know, just do they're what the, you can. They're the elite. See, the, these guys are the enlightened people. Um, there's a reason, though, why Athletic Club and Atletico Madrid have, have similar names.
2: Well, there's a very simple reason why they have very similar names, which is that Atletico Madrid, and their fans are probably not too pleased about this these days. Basically, are the Madrid branch of Athletic Club Bill Baum. They start. As a branch for those Basque students, who largely are the ones that, that start Athletic Club down in Madrid, so much so that the kits are the same, the whole, the kind of the the, the origin stories are essentially the same. And, and for example, one of the, the things I think most people probably know that the Athletic Club have the red and white stripes because a guy called Juan was in Southampton, coming back from England. Southampton's in the house. (laughs) Do you know what? I didn't think Southampton would be the first cheer of the afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Bloody of all the things. I I, I probably shouldn't point out at this point that coming back to England, I docked in Portsmouth. I, 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 I mentioned that on Twitter and people got quite upset. I mean, you docked there, but you left... Do I, do I, well, I didn't leave quite quickly. Yeah. Anyway, so, so, so he goes to Southampton to get this, this set of kits. This is in uh, 1909, I think. To get this set of kits and hasn't got any. And he's in Southampton about to leave and thinks, oh, bloody hell, what am I going to do? Find some Southampton shirts. 50 of them. 25 went to Bilbao. 25 came to Madrid. So in terms of kind of illustrating, the, the, if you like, the, the fact that these two clubs are entwined, that's it. Now, obviously, with time, the two clubs become different. Now it's probably worth noting that actually for a while it was Atletico Bilbao. But of course that is because post-Civil War you have a, a Franco regime that tries to Castilianize all names and denies them the right to be called Athletic Club. We'll come on to a little bit this, this later on because it goes much, much further than the clubs. But one of the things I think people know and always talk about is how Barcelona were forced to change their name. Well, yeah they were but so was everybody else. Mm. It, wasn't, it wasn't just them. Atletico mm. or one of them. So please don't call them Atletico. No, with a T H L E T I C O. Don't call them just Bilbao either. People, even in Spain, people do call them Bilbao,
0: but don't do that either. They they don't like it. What we can do, I think, is get quite excited about Athletic Club this season. A new coach, of course, Ernesto Valverde is back for his third stint in charge. He's a coach that we like quite a lot here at TSFP. He's a good photographer and quite a good manager. Yeah, I think he is. I know that the election campaign was, was quite interesting because
2: you get this situation in which. There's the announcement that Marcelo Bielsa is going to be the coach under one of the three candidates. And basically the only person you can put out there to challenge Marcelo yeah. Bielsa in terms of exciting the fans to say, we're going to bring Chingordi back. Who, by the way, this is his third Speller's manager. A lot of you will know this already, but I like it enough that I'm going to tell you again. It's not like me, is it, to repeat my jokes. Or someone else's jokes. That When he came back the second time, there was this, there's this phrase that's always used in Spanish, which is, The second part, in other words, sequels were never any good. So this guy's going back to Athletic Club for the second time and sequels are never any good, this isn't a great idea. And he's at his presentation, he says, well, Godfather Part 2 was pretty good. (laughs) I mean, let's not mention the Godfather Part 3. Well, the thing is, he did. So he was asked about that this time round, which is his third, and he said, yeah, I must admit, I didn't like that one as much. (laughs) But you've got to admire the director's bollocks for giving it a go, so fair enough.
1: So there we go, Athletic and Atletico... Please, as we said, don't, don't get them mixed up. Uh, also, A is for Ancelotti. Carlo. Carlo. There he is. What a man. What a, what man. a legend. What, I mean, he is actually genuinely a legend. Like, you, you speak to him and he comes across extremely he's, well. He's very personable. You've got a controversial take, Sid.
2: Well, I think he's the best manager I have ever had.
1: Controversial?
2: I mean, admittedly, I might partly be saying that because I was asked to take a controversial stand. <laughs> Explain <laughs> yourself, Sid. But what about Zidane? What about Zidane? Yeah, good point. What about Zidane? Um, Zidane won a little bit more. Zidane won more in two and a half years than Alex Ferguson and Jose Mourinho and everybody else in, in whatever it is, 15 or 20 years. Um, but Ancelotti is just brilliant. What I love about Ancelotti is that he shouldn't even be there this time around. That in the summer, there is a conversation between Ancelotti and José Alfred Sánchez, the, the, um, the CEO at Real Madrid, just about things. Ancelotti's at Everton, there's, Maybe, you know, maybe we can get a couple of people on loan. We know how Angelotti loves to bring in ageing but very talented players and get the best out of them for a little while. And there's a bit of a conversation. And basically the conversation leads on to, so um, this managerial search of yours, how's it going? Not very well. Carl. Well, what about me? <laughs> what do you mean, what about you? Well, you know, I'm available. We'll your nah, We can sort that out. And basically, that's how it happens. And it ends up being it's, one of the best seasons a, in well, Real Madrid's I mean, genuine, history. Right. Let, let, let's, let's put this in context, by the way. One of the best seasons in Real Madrid's history, a lot of people will go, yeah, but they've won the European Cup a lot of times. 14, I believe it is. Is it 14? Lots of count. It is. It is 14, yeah, right. I should know that. Yeah. I should know that. Yeah. But they won both the league and the cup. And that is actually something they don't do. You go through the European Cup history, they don't win them both. They've only done it, I think, four times of those 14
1: I mean, sorry, is that a convincing argument that why he's the greatest manager? I mean... All I would
0: say, I mean, last season was, was incredible. But I think if you look at the La Liga season, they lacked a serious, consistent challenger pretty much throughout the season. You know, we got excited yeah. about no, that, that's Real Sociedad it. at times. We got excited about Sevilla at times. Barcelona never really made a case and neither did the, the reigning champions, Atletico. So they won La Liga... They won it well, but there was a lack of alternatives. And, I mean, what happened in the Champions League was so... Was magical. Yes, but how much of that was down to Ancelotti? Al, you... <laughs> I mean... Wait a minute. The wait. thing is, I look at that wait, photo... Wait, wait. You,
1: you, you organise <laughs> this. Have you not looked at that picture?
0: When I look at that picture, I, I find it hard to argue against it. Exactly. So, yeah.
1: OK, uh, moving on to B. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, La Liga's best striker, obviously. Yeah. B cool. is for Barry. Who knows who Barry is? Everyone knows who Barry is. I don't know if you guys
0: can see because the images are quite small, but what you've got on screen up there is a series of tweets in which people have unironically referred to him as Barry Aspas. Some of them might not even listen to our podcast, and yet that is the extent to which Barrymania
1: has I mean, swept
0: the world. These are, these are theoretically in some cases like res- respectable media as well. You've got You've got this guy
2: here at the bottom. This is, this is Michael, who, who I think is uh, Dutch. I have mistakenly called him Barry in my play-by-play commentary. Yeah. <laughs> Do you imagine watching the game? And Barry scores
0: this goal. Is actually brilliant. I have brilliant.
1: nearly called him that on TV, so yeah, it, um, it does happen. The other one
0: I like is there's also a tweet in the middle at the bottom, in Spanish, yeah. which shows that Barrymania transcends language, <laughs> culture. There are no boundaries. Does Barry, know call,
2: Barry That is exactly what I was thinking. We don't know if Barry he knows. Know. He doesn't know. We also
1: don't know how he would respond. I he think he'd be, just be mildly irritated. I think he'd be angry and confused. What <laughs> <laughs> like, would you mean, Barry? Come on, get Barry! Barry. Um, but yeah, he is great. We do love him, and there is something quite iconic about him. His time in Spain, his time in England, less iconic.
0: Yeah. He took a corner once. Oh, I was going <laughs> to say, don't mention
1: uh, the it. It is
2: amazing, isn't it? That one bad corner can can literally follow you around everywhere. Mm. Every time you mention Barry in England, but normally not, using his real name, let's people go rubbish,
0: rubbish You're aware that of, of current La Liga players, he is the third highest scorer mm. behind Benzema and Griezmann. I
1: pretty good. Barry. B is for Barry. B is also for Benzema, yeah. who is you know also pretty good. Um, Benzema, B could be for Ballon d'Or as well. And Benzema and Ballon d'Or. I don't
2: think it's... I don't think it's possible... I genuinely don't think it's possible that anyone else wins it. It must be the most unanimous year. I I, I just don't... Where's the debate? Not least because the, the only thing that could go against him, of course, is the World Cup. And they've decided, which, by the way, is pretty stupid. I don't know why they've decided this. They've decided that the World Cup doesn't come into it. The Ballon d'Or would be decided before the World Cup. And of course, by the time the next Ballon d'Or comes around, everyone would have forgotten about the World Cup. So what used to be the thing that one knew the Ballon d'Or, Cannavaro winning it for basically six games in 2006, now is going to be almost irrelevant. I just don't see how it can be anyone except Benzema. Uh,
1: Did you see this coming with Benzema, him literally turning into the best player in the world? No.
2: Uh, In fact, I think I I was one of those who always felt like there was a little something missing, which obviously was the goals, because... It's a bit too simplistic, but that's what kind of makes the case watertight, apart from, of course, when you've got a photo of a guy with a cigar and sunglasses, which is what really makes a case watertight.
1: Um, but no, I didn't. Uh, OK, that was B. C. C is for um, this little game that takes place uh, in Spanish football. Classic. Did someone write a book about the classical?
0: I mean, certainly not a book that you've read. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, read I read chapter I six. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Um, this season we've got Classico 16th of October at the Bernabeu and the 19th of uh, March at the Camp Nou. Mm. I mean, what, what more can we say about the Classico that we haven't said I mean, over the last well, few years? The,
0: the last Classico was, was really quite interesting because Barca won it so comprehensively, but Madrid went on to, to win the league and the Champions League. So it, it ended up feeling, while at the time it was hugely significant, it kind of wasn't. It sort of didn't matter, did it? it? It felt it felt a
2: little bit like going back to an era, not necessarily Barcelona or Madrid, but, but but any two teams in a rivalry when one of them is so clearly better than the other, and maybe it's not fair to say so clearly better, but certainly in terms of the way this season ended, yeah. And the other season is basically saved by having a really good performance in the derby or the classic mm-hmm. or, or whatever it may be. You know, in the, in the years when I don't know to take a game off the top of my head, in the years when. Liverpool win the league and United won, and then United would win the Liverpool United, or vice versa when United started winning the league. And that's kind of how it ended up, but at the time it felt big, because at the time it felt like this year's 4-0, like a, a statement that said, actually, you know what, Barcelona are back. And PK even said it, although PK says quite a lot of things.
1: He does. <laughs> uh, C is for Clásico. C is also for maybe one of the best players in the world. Thibaut Courtois. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been sort of championing this, trying to suggest that actually we should be talking about him as not just the best goalkeeper, but one of the best players in the world, and that's a little bit complex because of the position in which he plays. But... Well,
0: no, I mean, he's also been overlooked, certainly I think, in English language media because there's a bias towards the Premier League, and people talk about Edison, and people talk about Allison, and people talk about Mondi and, and whoever else. But we watch. He definitely thinks so, doesn't he? It's, it, I, I, I must admit, I'm. A lot of footballers kind of feed on the, the idea that they've been disrespected. Yes.
2: But I'm surprised how much it.: us... Well, there, there was a list
0: published in the magazine 442 yeah. of the 10 best keepers in the world. I don't think... It, it wasn't really... It wasn't a big deal when it came out, only it was maybe a big to him. deal. What? Yeah, Thibaut noticed, because he was left... Of course, ridiculously, he was left out of the top 10. Now, whatever you think about Courtois, he's among the top 10 goalkeepers in the world. Yeah. But so much so that it was brought up in press conferences. He mentioned it. It post-match, at the end of the season, like clearly yeah. he, had, yeah, he had printed out a copy of that top ten list and stuck it on the dressing room. I rate that, I rate that level yeah. of payment. That's yeah. the,
2: <laughs> so good, isn't
0: it? If there was a list of top ten La Liga presenters and you weren't on it, I'd you'd
1: be, you'd be, I'd fuming.
0: be fuming. You would never let it
1: go. <laughs> so Courtois, um, why, is he, why is he so good up close? Because you saw him.
2: Yeah, I, there was a couple of things that really struck me. First of all, I spent a lot of the season pitch side and pitch side at the, the Real Madrid games has tended to be behind the goal rather than the side of the pitch. And so I, I kind of got a, quite a nice um, taste for some of his kind of his little quirks. When the ball's at the other end, there's normally someone behind the goal that he'll come and take a towel from and he'll wipe his hands. He's bashing his studs on the post to knock, to knock the, 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 the mud out of the, of the studs. He'll ask the guy behind the goal to pass him a ball, and he'd be bouncing the ball and kind of holding it and making sure he's got... During cover. the game? During the game, when the ball's at the other end, yeah. Can you do that? My favourite moment was one at Sevilla, where he, there was a, a goal, I think it was Benzema, but I can't remember, scored at the other end and ruled out for handball. And there was a, a VAR check, and he just kind of sat, a bit like we are now, on, on the advertising boards, and started having a chat with Ooh. the Sevilla fans about whether or not this was, whether or not this was a, a handball or not. Just kind of completely... Completely relaxed. And I think he's brilliant. The other thing that really struck me, actually, there was a game, I can't remember which one it was, where I was really noticed early on how often they go back to him with the ball. Mm -hmm. How often they trust him to use his feet, which wasn't something that he traditionally did. And also, by the way, how often they play the ball back to him bloody hard. It's not like, oh, here's a little dolly. They're they're bumping at him and, and trusting him to always find a way through
1: it. I just wonder if he's... Still thinking about that list. Play it back to me. I'll show them that. What, El- Edison, yeah, you like Edison you like Edison because
2: he can kick the ball. Watch me
1: Watch kick me. the ball. Uh, D. Uh, let's move on. D is for no. derbies. 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 Derbies in English. In derbies. We always say the Seville derby is the best. We do. We do. And I think we're right to do so. I think so. Yeah. But would say ma- if
2: we
0: weren't right?
1: Yeah. But there are many other good derbies.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, what the best you think- derby is very special. I think. I mean, there are many things that make the Seville Derby special, the, the noise and, and the colour. I think what makes the Seville Derby something extra is that I think you can have such a good argument about which club is bigger, and ultimately, it's 50-50. Because you can look at trophies won, you can look at historic success versus recent success, There's you, can look at, fans, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you can look at the size of the stadium. Any Seville fans? Yeah.
1: Okay. There we go.
0: go. You can look at number of season ticket holders, and on all of those metrics, you might favour one club or the other. But I think if you take all of them together, it's very, very even, and that's part of what makes definitely. it so
2: so exciting. Definitely. And in terms of the fan base as well, there's always this assumption that, that, that Betis, I think, probably traditionally outside of the city, maybe are bigger in terms of the the, the fan base, but within the city, it's it's relatively even. And and I think that's right. Obviously, look, the recent years, the last 10, 15 years or so, there's no doubt that Sevilla are a bigger and more successful side in the last 10 years or so. But that, I don't think, has completely tilted the balance yet. Partly, of course, because it's recent. Maybe with time, that will filter through and and, and create an imbalance. But this year, Betis have won the Cup. And by the way, that's the other thing, certainly with Betis, maybe more so than with Sevilla. Betis winning the Cup is something universally celebrated by the rest of Spain. Mm. Because these are clubs that people like. Mm. And these are fan bases that people like for the most part.
1: I got absolutely slaughtered on Twitter when I suggested Sevilla were in the Big Four, you primarily. By Who were you Be- taking out? Uh, well, I mean, the big Valencia. Four surely, Valencia fans weren't. Valencia fans were, Valencia were not happy. happy. Well, they are the Big also. Four at the moment. That's definitely true. Um, other other derbies. The Madrid derby's come a long way.
2: The Madrid derby, the only uh, derby to have been a European Cup final and to do it twice, nice. which is pretty good going. And, and it was amazing, by the way, that first final, the one in Lisbon, much more than the one in Milan, because of course it's a drive. And you go down that motorway, out through Badajoz towards, towards Lisbon, and every car is a Madrid or Atletico Madrid fan. The, 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 the only bad thing about it was, that, of course, when you got to the toll booths, the queues were absolutely enormous. You could just but let
1: them through you, It was brilliant. Do you know what's absolutely. amazing, though? that It didn't, didn't kick absolutely off kick off. Like, <laughs> not once. Could you imagine? It was brilliant. All right, Derby's, there are loads. There are fantastic ones. We haven't talked about the Galician one. We haven't talked about the, the Canarian great. one. Um, the, the, the best Galician one was the one where it was... Um,
2: Hugo Duro, who went with a uh, penny, he was suspended, so he goes with a supporters club. wasn't Hugo Duro. It wasn't Hugo Duro. Who was it? Hugo
0: Mayo. Hugo Mayo,
2: sorry, Hugo Duro. Um, there's a difference between Hugo Nets and Hugo Hard. Yes. Uh, and he got absolutely shitfaced um, and was in the crowd shouting abuse at the devil
1: players. Yeah, this is and the Celta Vigo captain. But yeah. He's
2: he's in the he's in the uh, the Celta area, Celta player. There's a fence between him and the devil fans, and yes, he is the one up against the fence, going like this. <laughs> <laughs> you, next week you're going to be playing. <laughs> yeah. And the the lovely quote from the, I can't remember which player it was, the the forward who was bemoaning his teammates' behaviour and and how this impacts upon everybody else. And the the phrase that he used to describe a situation in which someone else's behaviour impacts upon everyone else, he said, sometimes if you go to bed with kids, you wake up covered in piss.
1: (laughs) Which is literally true. So, I mean, that is a um, very wise saying. Uh, so, there are lots of great derbies. Um, try and get to Spain and, and watch some of them, because uh, there are loads. Uh, let's move on to E. And E is for Emery. Don't say it. We're not. Don't say we're
0: it. We're not doing it, are we? Don't say it. We're
1: not it. saying... We're living in. Don't. <laughs>
0: we're not. We're, we're above that. We're better than that.
1: We're, we're above not. that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we are not. We're not above that.
1: Listen, we are very pleased to see you and I, Emery, come back to Spain and triumph. And he has triumphed. Well, of course I mean, This is the first trophy, or that was the first trophy that Villarreal have ever won. The Europa League, when they beat Manchester United. El Manchester. They beat Manchester United. Manchester, you know it's how often they call them Manchester United. United. What's happened yeah. to the team at the end? that, yeah. I don't know what it is. El United. Manchester United. Yeah, yeah. Right. They beat El Un- Tottenham. They beat, yeah. They beat El United and then they got to the semis. The Champions League. I mean, the Champions League run
0: last year was extraordinary. Yeah. What they did.
1: And what he did as well, Emery had a plan, a very clear plan, yes. against, particularly against Bayern, and it worked.
0: Well, it's interesting as well, because when he took over at Villarreal, I think we were, the one question we had was how much margin for improvement was there? Because he was coming in, what, they'd finished fifth the season? Yeah, it was? actually didn't seem yeah. entirely fair to bring him in. And you are like, where can he take in. them? And yeah. it turns out where he could take them was the Champions League semi-finals I mean, and winning the Europa League.
1: They've actually finished seventh in the two league yeah. campaigns under him and they were 11 points off a Champions League spot last season. So and it's not, that room. actually genuinely isn't yeah.
2: good enough I mean, with yeah. the squad that they've got. That, yeah. that genuinely isn't good enough. But, but the, the, the performance in, in the Europa League and the Champions League is, is extraordinary. But it's
0: nice that he's getting the respect that yeah. he didn't
2: really get. I think, I think he's probably always had it in Spain. I, I, I get the feeling sometimes with him that he's maybe not a manager who's enormously liked in the sense there isn't a huge amount of warmth to him but I think there is admiration and I think there is respect yeah.
1: mm.
2: um, certainly it's fascinating to talk to him as he's well, brilliant well. I mean, to talk he's to he, he, he's, he's that character that you see on the touchline you get in a conversation as well the enthusiasm the, the kind of slightly wildest I remember being at Valencia once in the, in the, kind of the tactics room where they do the videos and he had a whiteboard and he sort of leapt to his feet. And they used a... what I loved about it was they used an old sports sock to wipe off the, the whiteboard. You know, they didn't have a proper rubber, they just used a sock. It was all blued. Uh, he, he leaps up and he says, You see, the thing is, if you've got messy, and he draws this line, and he goes, You, you just go, go. <laughs> we can't do it like that. We've got to go, boom, 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 boom,
1: boom. About three hours later, he's going, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Goal. He was right. Yeah, sometimes it does work like that. Um, it's easier if you've got messy though. Uh, F is for... Moving on. Moving on. F is for Fatih. <laughs> Ansu Sue Fatih. We're very excited to see what he can do this season. He's had a lot of injuries. Whenever he plays, he seems to score goals. How, how excited are we that he's going to reach a really, really high level, going to be a superstar for La Liga?
2: At the risk of being a party pooper, I, I lean more towards... other emotion that you introduced I I think I'm more worried about him than excited about him now because there's no doubt that he's special every time he comes back he scores he has a decisiveness that his teammates don't have but the injuries are really concerning
0: it seems that Barca are a little bit worried too because if you look at the players that they are signing they've got a lot of a lot of wingers and a lot of forwards now, clearly because they're not sure I mean, if this, they can rely on, on think, Ansu to be available.
2: I think that must be part of the thinking. I mean, there's, there's lots of elements of what Barcelona are doing that, that you doubt some of the thinking. But that, in terms of the forward line, must be part of it because I just don't think you do what they've done if you're absolutely convinced that he's going to be right and he's going to be that good. I mean, he's still young enough. Bear in mind, when he came back last time and he scored after whatever it was, two minutes of being on the pitch... He'd been away for a year with an injury. And if he'd never, ever played before and scored that goal, he would still have been the fifth youngest scorer in the club's entire history, having been away for over a year and having played whatever it was, eight, nine months before that. So this time, but I do worry
1: about him physically. OK. He's still a teenager. He has had a lot of injuries. Uh, F is for fatty. G is for... Gennaro Gattuso, many, many of you, obviously all of you will remember his turbulent six months at Ofi, Crete, in the Greek Super League.
0: How can we forget?
1: Followed it very closely. Which, well, I mean, it spawned the immortal phrase, sometimes I may be good, sometimes I may be shit. I think
2: that is the, I think, I think it's the greatest
1: managerial of I mean, phrase all the I mean, time. Talk about analysis. Yeah. Sometimes I may be good. Sometimes I may be shit. He's, he is Valencia's seventh. Permanent manager in the last six years. Is he going to make it to Christmas? There was a suggestion. There was a story
2: about only about three weeks ago that said he'd already decided he was going. <laughs> and they, 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 <laughs> no, they. I mean, Valencia is such a great city. And you think how bad must the club be to want to go that quickly? You'd be saying, just let me hang on for a bit, at least until the winter. We can kind of enjoy the summer here." Um, I. I th- I think there is something that he's got that will fit. I think they... But they, they felt this with Bordelas, And actually, in fairness, up to a point, Bordalas did, did succeed. They got to a cup final. I personally think they could have done more in La Liga than they did. I think, I think at times Bordelas actually tried a bit too hard to justify the league performances. Um, and, and I think there is something about Gattuso's character that makes you think that this could... Well, it could be good or it could be maybe shit. <laughs>
0: I've got a lot of time for Any manager... Who smokes in training. Yeah. Like I saw some training footage the other day and he was there vaping away. Doesn't care. So long as he
2: doesn't pass it around, <laughs> it's, it's alright. He,
1: he's, he's a character, that's for sure. Um, he, he said, I want players that are fracasados. He's like, I want failures. <laughs> Bring them to me and I can work with them. Yeah. So. And by the way, he's not the only one to think that. He's just maybe the only one who actually, actually say it. it. Like, oh, OK, we've signed this guy. You're a failure. But Normally
2: that's framed as yeah. someone with something
1: to prove yeah. rather than someone who was a bit rubbish before. Uh, G is for Gattuso. So let's see how long he will stay at G in our A to Z of La Liga. Uh, G is also for Gavi. Um, we are, I mean, we've spoken about Ansu Fati. We were excited about Gavi as well as one of the young stars of La Liga. Tongue in cheek. Laces untied, charging around like the scrappy dude. Is, yeah,
0: it's fantastic. He's exciting to watch. Well, I don't think I've enjoyed Brilliant. watching a, a player like a, that much. That a, young, that yeah. much
2: as well. I mean, yeah, he's literally with yeah, so yeah. much
0: personality on the field.
2: Yeah, it's, and and, and Luis Enrique was really interesting after the the last the game that he played in in Seville at, at Betis's ground just before well, basically at the end of the season. And and everybody's talked about Gavi as being kind of what he is, which is this sort of scrappy-doo thing who's in your face, who's, who's challenging you, who's taking you on. And of course, it really stood out that first game he played away in Italy. And he's going into the midfield and like, this, is, this is a teenage boy going, I don't care who you lot are. And, and I think... While that's attractive in in what he does, there maybe is a risk that we kind of allow ourselves to be dragged into that. And this is exactly what Luis Enrique said after the game at at Betis, where he created that wonderful assist. Great run, really lovely pass. And afterwards, Luis Enrique said, look, you lot don't know how good he is. And he actually said, and this was the thing that made us all think, oh, okay, that's a very pointed message. There are people close to him, i.e. Barcelona, who don't know how good he is either. So there we go. Uh, Let's move on. H
1: is for trick H, H is for Hattrick. And not just Hattrick, yes. but the many, many
0: English words which have been incorporated into Spanish football. There are loads of them. This is just a handful. So if you
1: think you don't speak Spanish, you actually do. <laughs> because You speak Spanish football. You speak Spanish football. You, you know, fair, fair play. Or oh, just box have a obviously. Yeah. Goal. Uh, derby. Uh, orsay.
0: Orsay. Offside.
1: offside. Of course. But scouting. Scouting. Timing. Timing. Running.
0: Running. The best thing is the way that many of these terms are misused in Spanish. So, for example, they use the word scouting. They think that a scout is called scouting. So, they will talk about a scouting. See, un scouting. Es un scouting. That guy is a scouting. And they will now use, talking about Barca, fair play is now shorthand for any kind of financial... Restrictions, as we'll yes. see later on. Yeah,
2: they will actually say, and they, they use it um, they use it in a in a in a curious way. So they'll say, we haven't got
1: fair play. Or course, want to can't...
0: expand
2: their fair play. Yeah, we
1: want to expand our fair play. We need more fair play. I is for ingleses, English people. Uh, can anyone hazard a guess? How many English, not British, English players have played in La Liga? You get a free T-shirt. Sorry. Ah, less since the dawn of time. We should say this is the first division.
2: They have to play the first division in La
1: Liga. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Oh, twenty. <laughs> Is the, uh, is Did
2: anyone get a shirt there, or are we just ignoring their attempts to win a shirt?
1: No one got. No one got twenty. There's, no some, one got there's 20. some great names
2: in that list. I mean, the there's
1: way. some really, really good names, and then some less illustrious names. Um, but you know, Laurie it's the Barnes at Betis. Yes, uh, you know, Lineker, uh, Laurie Cunningham, Steve McManaman, Beckham, Owen, Woodgate, <laughs> Trippier, Vinny Samways,
0: a big favourite of Sid's. Oh, so. I love Vinny
2: Samways.
1: So yeah, some of, some of those have had a real impact.
2: Some of them have mm-hmm. had a huge impact, obviously. And, and, and actually, there's a little bit of me that feels like I kind of want to chuck in a couple of Irishmen who are sort of English, really. John Aldridge, who, was, of course, was massively significant. I I also and Michael Robinson, who, who was without doubt the most significant of all of them. Not so much for what he did on the pitch, but what happened off the pitch in terms of his television presence and so on. But the English names have got some, there's some brilliant ones. Who's the best of them?
1: Uh, you would say McMahon? It's Macca,
2: isn't it? I think in terms of, in terms of yeah. success, I think it's Macca. Um, but, you know, Jermaine Pennant leaving his car at the station was, was great...
0: one of the greatest moments. Uh, a lot of you will know history. this anyway,
2: but Jermaine Pennant, when he left Zaragoza, drove to the station in a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or whatever car it is. I, I suspect it wasn't a Scola. Um And parked at the station, got on the train to Madrid where he caught a flight, and then about eight months later got a letter saying your car is in the station. Uh, parked obviously there's quite a big parking bill for this now. And the keys, by the way, are inside. I don't know if he just assumed if I leave it there, someone will move it for me, it'll be fine. <laughs> he should have told us. We, we had a new Popmobile, bill, um, Pennant's car would be nice. The best one, of course, is Woodgate's debut.
1: It was a pretty he bad gets debut. He's sent off yeah.
2: and scores an own goal on his debut. He came down into the mix zone afterwards, which is where you talk to journalists, and he basically used a word that rhymes with duck a lot of times. I was just thinking to myself, you know, just don't get sent off. And then duck, I got sent off. And then and I thought, well, you know, just, just, and and the whole thing. At the end, we actually had to say, Jonathan, could we do this again? With words we can publish. Uh, It was, it was, but he was the best of them. In terms of language, he was probably the best of them. What? Yeah, Jonathan spoke really good Spanish.
1: Did he? This, is,
2: this is a demonstration that obligation is the best thing for linguistic progress. He was injured, he was hanging around with physios, he was talking in a small group with Spaniards every day. His Spanish was, was really quite good.
1: Inglésis. We've had 20. Let's see if we get any more. J is for Joaquin.
0: Three! I should say that the photo that I've used there isn't the one that Sid wanted to use. It's, uh, it's a family show, so... Uh, Palmerin is really ruining it, isn't it? Just...
2: <laughs> uh, I mean, this, this, obviously, a lot of you will know this, but this photograph is a recreation of another photograph exactly the same from what? 14 years earlier? 2008 to 2022. And actually, hasn't changed, changed at all. all. I mean, not that part of it. The, 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 the body shape is same. A... He's a bit old to be still playing, but he's still brilliant.
1: He's going to be 41 on Thursday. It's his birthday. He's just signed again for Betis. Um, Whatever you think of him, I mean, you know, he is a joker. Everyone seems to like him. Sometimes the shtick wears a little bit thin, but overall, no, it's, we will, it's genuinely. We will
0: let's appreciate him because we will yes, miss him. we will miss once him when he's gone. He did once. He went he hypnotized on, the chicken. He hypnotized rather than tranquilizing.
2: Him. I hadn't realised he had veterinary qualifications as well. Um, <laughs> He went on a TV show and, and, and they literally gave him a chicken and he sat on the table stroking this chicken, going, "Calm down, my dear, calm down, calm down." And eventually, I, I'm not sure the chicken was actually, you know, really hypnotised. I think it was just a bit
0: bored and <laughs> decided to sit down for a while. But he's brilliant. And do you know what? We're now going to recreate
1: that moment <laughs> right, right here. Bring out the chicken. <laughs> you know what? We've really missed a the trick there. We should have done that. Uh, I think we played a video of it in Dublin. Yeah, a yeah. shirt
0: for anyone who can tranquilise a chicken.
1: Uh, <laughs> K. Uh, K we yeah, we had, we had some
0: issues with K because there aren't many Ks.
1: There are very few letters in Spanish that begin with K. We didn't want to do karate, ketchup, or kilometro. Kiko. K- Kiko, we could have done. Kalanka. We what ended we up knew? with kidnapping. Why are we doing kidnappings, Sid? Well, in because there's LA, actually a
0: surprisingly large number of <laughs> kidnapping yeah, cases Yeah, the, um, the po- expected kidnappings <laughs> in Spanish <laughs> football, <laughs> the, XK the
1: XK, is high The other famous
2: one, of course, is Alfredo Stefano, kidnapped in 1963 in Caracas We've got a newspaper cutting there he top is. there And Di Stefano was kidnapped by, um, and this always makes me think of Monty Python really He was kidnapped by, what were they calling themselves? The Armed Forces of the National Venezuelan Liberation Front, or worse <laughs> to that effect and, and this was all political, and they were saying to Di Stefano all the way through, don't worry, we're not going to hurt you, we just want people to know about it. And he was kidnapped 56 hours, it lasted, which is slightly less than the most famous case of, of all, which is the one at the bottom. That's Kinney. Kinney was Barcelona's top scorer for, uh, I think, three seasons. Um, Spanish league's top scorer twice, once with Barcelona, once with kick on And he got kidnapped in March 81, 25 days. He was kidnapped, held in a little kind of hidden cell beneath a garage in Zaragoza. Uh, barely a metre and a half wide in this cell and they, they spoke to the kidnappers because they wanted a ransom because these were people who were basically in financial trouble and this was purely financial as well. They didn't really know who they'd got, they just knew that they'd got him. Um, and there was a moment when the m- ransom money was going to be handed over by Alex Ankor, the Barcelona captain. And they'd arranged a meeting somewhere in the north of Spain near the French border. And Alessandro sets off one day in the car with the money in the back of the car and with police motorcycles following him. And of course you get the message, right, go and pick up the phone and we'll tell you where the pick-up point is, until he got to the French border and they told him to go over the other side. And the police realised they didn't have the jurisdiction to follow. Of all the stupid things, he gets to the border and shit, we can't go any further. In the end, they, they traced him to a, to a lockup in Zaragoza, which was just a mess. And the first thing he did when he came out was say, don't punish them. These are just kids, these are just kids that are desperate. Don't punish them. And that was one of the reasons why everyone always loved Kinney because there was this idea that he was so kind of kind-hearted that even after 25 days in a, in a metre by metre and a half space, he would come out and say, well, it wasn't too bad. They gave me a radio and they bought me the paper each day and they, they even gave me a chess set he played against himself but he said
1: it was fine please don't punish them yeah we chose K for kidnappings on reflection maybe we could have done something a little bit lighter I mean it sounded like a good idea at the time but there we go there have been some kidnappings there are no longer any kidnappings in Spanish football we do not condone kidnapping Run, utterly not uh,
2: L we definitely haven't ever done any ourselves despite the police
1: constantly stopping us in the car
0: in the car park
1: L we, we've got three things that are linked here for L
0: there is the big man himself
1: big man La Porta uh, president of Football Club Barcelona. Um, I mean, you know, that's La Porta. The
0: picture says it all. The picture says
1: it? it more or less everything. We can move on and sort of link that to. <laughs> L is for Limite Salarial. We've got a 256 page um, presentation <laughs> just to explain it, so the next sort of hour and a half is going to be about that. Would you like to start,
2: Yeah, I actually think it's. I actually think, although this is not maybe very funny, I actually think it's kind of quite important.
1: Yeah. We're not going to go into that. And,
2: and and you know, you mentioned the how many pages did you say it
1: was? Two hundred and fifty six. Right. I
2: don't know if it's quite that long, but actually La Liga do, and this is one of the things that I find endlessly fascinating, they do explain these things to you. So there was a, a, a call that me and Al were on not long ago with the with the head of finance at La Liga explaining the processes and how the salary limit works. Now I'm not gonna go through all of it because it will don't, bore not. you. But the the basic kind of framework of it is actually really quite important. And I think it's worth pointing out a couple of things. The first one is that what makes this so different to other fair play things that there are in football is this is done before the event, not after the event. So in other words, this isn't, you look at a club, not naming any names, and you say, Manchester City have spent a bit too much this year. This must be dodgy. And you punish them for it.
0: Or you say... Or, or,
2: or
1: no. you know, either, either in, in
2: fairness to UEFA, the last one broke down because actually the court case fell apart rather than because UEFA didn't act. But anyway, that, that's going off on a massive tangent. This is done ahead of the event. And essentially, it's an automated system where La Liga is constantly calculating what you can afford or what, they, what the criteria are, the parameters are for you to be able to buy players. And if you do not fulfil it, it's not that they'll come and punish you later. It's that you will press a button and it's pretty much Little Britain. computer says no you cannot register that player if it doesn't work. Now, in very simplistic terms, because it is a bit more complex than this, it is a basic formula, which is how much have you got coming in? How much have you got going out in terms of the general operating costs? This is what you can spend on your first team squad in terms of amortisations, in terms of salaries, and, of course, in terms of transfer fees. And if you do not fulfil that, you cannot sign
1: the player. Finally, M. M... MS for Modric. Oh, our favourite. Your favourite. Listen, since we started the pod in 2013, I think he might be my favourite player to have played in Lally. Um, I mean, you will have your own. For me, what he's achieved, how he's done it, how he's still going. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's my favourite for me.
2: In terms of someone who's been here sort of all the way through that spell, he must be, mustn't he? He's yeah. just been, been brilliant. Um, he's... He shouldn't really be there anymore. He no. shouldn't be playing at this level. We well, shouldn't point. have just
0: had one of the best seasons of his career, yeah. which yeah. he did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's he's completely brilliant. That's the, I mean, that's not a huge amount of analysis there. Well, I should say the, the photo I picked there as well. He is playing a pass with the outside of his boot as well. It had to be.
1: Uh, N is for N is for newspapers. Uh, Spain is. I mean, I say news in the looser sense of the word. Uh, Spain is uh, different to the UK in that there are a number of daily, dedicated sports papers producing content.
0: It's great that there's a thriving sports paper culture, isn't it? But it does mean there are a lot of pages to fill.
1: I mean, some of the content is pretty lightweight. Uh, you both still read these newspapers every day. I, almost I every day. You, you almost do it every day for I like papers. Daily,
0: world famous...
1: Patreon.com forward slash TSFP.
0: I did. I picked a, a still from one of my pay per views here, and it features a classic headline from Marker a final to get to the final. <laughs> no, that's a semi final. Yeah. It is, it is amazing. The, the abuse
2: of the word final is, is just extraordinary. Uh, but to, to actually reach this point where they're effectively doing a front page headline that says, We don't know what this
1: game is.
0: It's like, it, it,
1: it, I mean, yeah, it's, that's the semi-final, guys. Yeah. Yeah, There's a word for it. It's yeah. well-established. I mean, like I said, some of the content is pretty lightweight when you have to fill 62 pages every single day. Um, you, you, it didn't always used to be like this, though, Sid, right? I mean, you've been in Spain for so long well, that you can remember when it was pretty decent. Yeah. Well. Or I, not. I, I don't know
2: if I... It's it certainly changed, and it's changed because of the degree of access... It's changed because of the way that the clubs engage with it, and it's obviously changed as well because of the way that the audience engages with it. Yes. Um, And that has tilted it even more towards Madrid and Barcelona than was already the case, and it was already the case that those two dominate almost entirely. It can be quite frustrating when, like me, you're, you're a journalist who covers the whole of the Spanish League, and you start, say, for argument's sake, with the idea of I'm going to do a story about Villarreal. And, of course, the starting point before you go there is, well, let's see what the papers are saying about Villarreal. And, of course, a lot of the time the answer is, well, nothing. Nothing. And, and you know, a manager, a manager gets sacked and you, you're like four days later, you go, oh, did so-and-so get sacked? And it's because whereas at Real Madrid we're being told quite literally how many pairs of gloves they're taking in the luggage to go and play in Russia because apparently it's quite cold in Russia. And you, you'll get infographics, it's not, it's not just they'll tell you, they'll do a double page spread and there'll be a cartoon drawing of a suitcase, 27 pairs of gloves, 45 hats, you know, and, and, and how many formals they need to
1: take with them. We've had articles on Real Madrid players' haircuts Yeah. as well. I mean, to be fair, some of them are quite good. But, yeah, like we said, it's difficult to fill 62 pages of content every single day, but that's what Marker asked, Mundo Deportivo, Sport, and the others try to do as well, because there are others.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, part of it is the fact that they got... You just said the key words there, it's every day. Yeah. A newspaper, and and forgive me for for going all protective of our industry, but, but a newspaper is a daily miracle, right? You fill, what is it, 64
0: pages every single day, it's not that easy yeah. to do. I mean, can you imagine having to churn out content day after day after day? <laughs> <laughs> it would be awful. Could, could, get repetitive. <laughs> could. Yeah, it could get repetitive. The same old jokes and stories could be told over could and over get, again. Yeah. I mean. Luckily, <laughs> it never happens to us. Uh,
1: all right, now, that's it, end. I'm going to move on quickly because we're getting to the big one. We're getting to O. And O is for... <laughs> Uh, the mighty, mighty Ray Oviedo who, who Sid has been supporting for a long time now and inflicting that pain on not just his family, but also a lot of you guys as well, our uh, Oviedo fans, because of, because of him. Um, 21 years since they were lost in La Liga. Sid, what happened to you on the final day of the season? Last Of, of season? that season or this season? Of
2: this season. Well, that season I was there when we went down against Mallorca. didn't think it would take so long to get back and still not back. This season was quite bad, And it was quite painful. I mean, genuinely, it was painful. You're laughing, but... I'm laughing, I mean, genuinely, at the time, I was... You know that kind of moment where you're sort of giggling? And sort of (laughs) (laughs) like... Not really, no, but sure. Uh, (laughs) Carry on. It's sports person, Arsenal, I suppose. And just uh, that moment, I can't believe it's actually happening. right? To to set the scene, going into the final day, Obieta were in the position that Obieta are normally in on the final day, which is... The cruelest position of all, which is to say, theoretically and mathematically, there is a chance
1: of making the playoffs.
2: It's that meme, so you're saying there's a chance? There isn't. But realistically, it's not in your hands and it's not going to happen. Oviedo needed, um, needed to win against Ibiza, and they needed. Oh, to win. That's right, thank you. They needed Bordabos to win. Going into the last minute of the game, I'm going to be honest here it's 2 2. Oviola get given a really ropey penalty, right? so... They've done us the a favour, right? We get a ropey penalty, Borja Baston scores, because that's what Borja Baston does. I mean, does.
1: yeah, it was, it, was, it was a perfectly, fairly adjudicated penalty.
2: It was absolutely a penalty. <laughs> that's official. Sure. In fact, it for was sure such a penalty sorry. they should have given us a penalty, and Bordegos a penalty, 200 miles away. But, so you go up 3-2, this is the 94th minute, everyone's going wild, but obviously we're all going only half wild, because you know you still need Bordegos to win in the other game. And then the inevitable happens. There's a... Sort of a noise.
1: Burgos have scored.
2: Bloody hell, Burgos have scored. And they go, no, 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 they haven't. They haven't. Calm down, calm down. And then the noise starts again. Burgos have scored. And in this, I'm going to use a very old man phrase, in this day and age, when everyone can watch on their phones, watch on a tablet, whatever, you're thinking, have Burgos scored? And of course, then you start to doubt everything. Because of course, you're looking at an app, and it's going, no, no, they haven't scored. But you're thinking thinking that app could be slow to update. It might be wrong. They might be trying to decide if it's a goal. Things might be happening. And at that point, you will cling to anything. At that point, you doubt your own name. (laughs) Mine's not Sid. (laughs) I mean, it actually is. We're really quite worried. Anyway, so there's a moment when you're sort of wondering and, and you think they really have because the players who have just scored for Oviedo, are at the side of the pitch, and they're crowding around a phone. Oviedo's players have just scored, they're crowding around a phone, and you can see them. And you, of course, in the crowd, you're thinking, well, they must know. They're watching it on the telly. They must know what's going on. And there's a moment when the Oviedo players are crowding around, and they kind of turn, and they run off to the Oviedo fans going, Yes! yes, Burgos have scored Oviedo going up after 21 years, and they pile on to each other, and no. there's a bloody pile of bodies. N-
1: like, narrator's voice. Yeah, no. Burgos have not scored. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the thing is, you say narrator's voice, as it turned out, it was a ball boy's voice. There's a pile of players piling on top of each other, celebrating, and a ball boy kind of goes, "That's no goal. <laughs> and there's a moment when you see one of the Oviedo players, uh, a guy called Mateus, looking at his phone, and you can, I mean, it's, it's like that, uh, everything is like something in The Simpsons. It's like that bit in The Simpsons when Bart says to Lisa, look, Lisa, if you pause it in the right place, you can pinpoint the precise moment when his heart tears in two. And that's basically what it was. And the thing is, when the first little rumour came, we were right by the side of the pitch, shouting at the place, there's no goal, there's no goal, don't, you know, don't, they haven't scored, don't make fools of yourself. And then you see them around the phone, you go, oh, must be a goal there.
1: And it was, oh, it's horrible. I mean, it's two months, you still haven't recovered clearly. <laughs> it's still pretty raw. But I'm, I'm
0: all we'll I'm say I'm, is, Sid, we've discussed this. Do you know what you would do with yourself if Oviedo <laughs> did get promoted? It's been so long, like, professionally and personally. Professionally. It would be quite an upheaval for you, wouldn't pro- it? Professionally,
2: it's a really weird one, actually, because you, it's quite nice being in a position where, actually, this is a complete lie. I was going to say it's quite nice being in a position where no one can accuse you of being biased, and yet they no one do. ever does. No one ever
1: does. <laughs>
2: when they get into the first division, I, I don't know whether to go the full Thomas Rontero or or to pretend Never. otherwise. To, just basically from now on, when i be able to get into the first division, just say yeah, they're the best team in the league by miles. But every week we're robbed. uh, Real Madrid took five penalties off us Barcelona took six penalties off us It's clearly a conspiracy And that's why we've gone
1: down again You'll be fine You'll be fine I Like you said when When we get in La Liga It's not going to happen Anyway uh, Oh is also for a team Who are in La Liga uh, The mighty Osasuna
2: Yeah I love Osasuna
1: We've got a couple of Osasuna fans here I can see Two people in Osasuna shirt Which is great They're a fascinating club uh, Proud identity Some great characters And officially The best stadium in the world Yes. Was it in the world, or was it just in Spain? Was it in the world? In the world. So according to the website Stadium Database, it was like best
0: new stadium 2021.
2: They did something that, actually, in fairness, Real Sociedad had done as well, which is to rather than go and build a new stadium, find a way of redeveloping the stadium you've got and get it right. So what Real Sociedad did, and for those of you who don't know, Anoeta now, the Rally Arena, it had a running track around it, and running tracks are rubbish. Full stop. Running tracks are rubbish. So, but instead of moving, or instead of completely restructuring, they dug down mm. and they brought the pitch close to. They bought the stands close to the pitch by going downwards, bringing the ends in, and getting rid of the running track. And it's worked brilliantly. Osasuna, there was no running track. It's already really tight to the pitch, but it was one really high, really vertical stand and three kind of in a in a C shape. And basically, what they've done is make the three the same as the one, and it is spectacular. They've they've um, left at the. At the end, they've left rail seating so you can stand and the atmosphere is
1: fabulous. Uh, in terms of uh, sort of impartial uh, fans, you always kind of want Osasuna in La Liga. Definitely. Just because, I mean, for, for whatever reason, but just because they always provide that kind of atmosphere that the big clubs do not want to go to. And they can always give Real Madrid, Barcelona and, and other sides uh, uh, difficult games. Yeah. Maybe a little bit less edgy in this new stadium but I don't know how well, you've I don't
2: been know. There? yeah I've been I mean, I was, in fairness I was there the last game of the season when Osasuna didn't have anything to play for and they were playing against Mallorca who were playing for survival so it lacked a little bit of that edge in the sense that yeah. there wasn't a. Uh, most of Osasuna's fans wanted Kadiff to stay up so in that sense maybe they weren't on Mallorca's uh, side yes. but they weren't kind of actively against Mallorca yeah, yeah. if you go there when Real Madrid are in town it's, yes. it's, it's really tasty
1: uh, alright let's move on P now we've got a few P's to get through uh, P is for Pichichi, who gives his name. There he is,
0: the man himself.
2: Gives his name I mean, it looks be- like he's on Skegness Beach, doesn't he? Wearing a,
0: a, right. a handkerchief on his head, I think.
2: Yeah, and, and a striped
1: shirt and our uh, boots. Uh, well, let's let everybody know why Pichichi is, is significant. Obviously, he was a, a former footballer who gives his name to the goal scoring award uh, in, in Spain. The top goal scorer wins the Pichichi Award. Um, why does the trophy bear his name? Uh,
0: you... Yeah, Sid. I mean, you obviously saw a lot of his goals live. What was that? What was that like? What were I your favourites? That...
2: <laughs> he um, he died in 1922. Um, <laughs> in 1926, I think it was. So it was only three or four years after he died. Um, they put a bust of him in the stadium, and this, this actually is from my point of view, an even nicer thing than the fact that the goalscorers Award is, is named after him. The, one of the traditions at San Mames is that the team that goes to San Mames for the first time goes and lays flowers at the bust of, of Pichichi. And, of course, when they moved a few years ago from the old San Mames to the new San Mames, which is in the same place, but it's a totally new stadium, there was this sense of, well, what do we do with it? Mm. And they put it right by the tunnel now. And it's, it's, it's even more kind of a, of a focal point than... Than, than it ever was and, and, and it's, it's, it's part of that idea that Athletic have I think as a club that, that there's an appreciation and an awareness of their history which I think is possibly deeper than, than most clubs in Spain uh,
1: He is also for Pedri uh, who has now inherited uh, Iniesta's number 8 shirt we've actually managed to find a picture of him not looking absolutely knackered uh, which is good um, Have you seen that? He's 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 been,
0: he's, he's been lifting some weights He's been doing he some looks work bigger, in the gym
1: it? Yeah. Uh, How much do Barca's hopes of doing anything important this season rest on him? Well, I looked at the statistics
2: the other day, um, because I interviewed him just at the end of the season, and I was looking at statistics. um, Last year, uh, I'm going to get this wrong now, because uh, the the exact number escapes me, but basically in that period under Xavi when he played, they didn't lose, and I think it was 14 games. uh, And it was massively important for them, in a way that sometimes you watch him play, and you're not sure that he would be that important. You watch him play, and he's lovely to watch, and he's very technically gifted and and, he, and he's, there's something sort of enjoyably kind of little about him but then you sort of think well, does that actually translate into into results and it absolutely has I think the,
0: the single biggest factor last season in how good Barca were was him was whether Pedri was available yeah. or not even more than the transition from Kuman to Xavi I think it was, was Pedri fit yeah. and playing
2: and I, I, obviously look you, you you probably do have to add the winter transfer window into that and the arrival of other, other players but he was he was the focal part of it and He's he's a brilliant, brilliant footballer, and with him and Gavi, and we were saying earlier about the doubts about Ansu Fati, But there's 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 a new midfield coming, that's for
1: sure. Hmm. Uh, P is also for Premier Sports, where you can watch La Liga this season. Uh, what, to, in all honesty, seven ninety nine uh, a month to watch it on a Premier Player, to watch every single La Liga game, seems pretty good value to me. It's basically the price of a pint in some pubs. Not this one, uh, in some pubs. Uh, but yeah, uh, get, get, get Premier Sports, because yes. uh, that's where you can watch La Liga this season, which is pretty important. OK, let's move on to Q for your questions. I've been scanning the, uh, the um, hashtag here. Uh, hashtag La Liga Live. Thank you for all of your questions. We'll take a we'll take a few. Alex asks, what, What's the worst game you've ever seen live? The Asturian Derby in November two thousand and nineteen <laughs> was mine. I think there was maybe one half chance. Stinker of a nil nil. You were there. Yeah. You uh,
2: uh, Possibly Was I at that one? I think I'm not sure if I was at that one. I was at uh, the first Asturian Derby I went to was also nil nil. And that was pretty awful. But it was a, such a great experience in terms of the, the, kind of the fan experience and being on the train and having people chuck stuff at you and, and the village people helmets and all that stuff. Um, I've, I must have been... at What was the game? We were at one this year, Real Madrid. And at half-time, we were saying, this is genuinely the worst game we've ever seen. Oh, that's a good question. And I can't remember who it was. Not and sure. It, and it was... But if you had been there for the first time ever... It wouldn't have been the worst game ever because, of course, it's the Bernabeu, because it's huge, because you're seeing amazing players. And so that yeah. kind of emotion and excitement would have carried you. But it was just one of those, you went, like, oh, what are we yeah. here for. And it's a terrible thing, by the way. And every now and again, you have to remind yourself, for-
1: L. For- oh, have you got an answer? No, I was going to say, fortunately, Alex, there are very few boring games in La Liga Santander, the world's greatest <laughs> league. It's not football. It's not you, know, you know, we missed a trick there. The answer would have
2: been some game we saw in England. Yes, that's true. England's shit. <laughs> the North London Derby,
1: it was rubbish. Artists for referees. If you don't know who this guy is, <laughs> you've not been watching Spanish football. This guy is Spanish football. <laughs> uh, it's Mateo Laos, of course, the most famous of all the, uh, the Spanish referees. But, I mean, seriously, referees are pretty different in Spain to, to the UK. Not just how they handle matches, but also their, their profile and how they're treated in the media well, as well. The way that
0: when they are referred to, you constantly hear not only their name, but also the region that they yes. are from, yeah. as if that is kind of fundamental, to know where a referee is from, because that what dictates his...
2: Well, it sort of is. Uh, they have a, what we, I suppose you would refer to as a collegiate system, which is why they quite often get called colegiados, because basically each region has its kind of refereeing school, so they come through that refereeing school, and that's why they're always referred to as that. And you don't uh, referee a game... Against involving a team from, from, from your region the other thing, the other curiosity of course with referees in Spain is they have two surnames they, they use both surnames instead of just one and the story about this of course, the reason why this happened was because there was a referee whose surname was Franco so you can imagine the newspaper reports Franco fucks it up again Franco, <laughs> Franco's lack of justice uh, Franco and, and so this was why, it was, right, double surnames from now on which is why of course we've got and Anandith the referee's so bad, they named him twice. I think there's I a Goncalves... Sure I think there's I a Gon- sure Yeah, of course. No, no, it's all right. It's all right. The referees
0: belong to the federation. It's fine. We can <laughs> say what we like.
2: There's a Gonfalis Gonzales as well. My favourite one a few years ago, there was a Teixeira Vitienes, and then another Teixeira Vitienes came along, and I promise you I'm not making this up. What? They called them Teixeira Vitienes 1 and Teixeira <laughs> the 2nd. Within. Like Loudon Wainwright, but with referees. But it's that amazing. is not
1: a common double surname. It's I mean, not. There's two of them. I think it? they might have been related. Um, okay, uh, referee. Uh, Other R's are important in Spanish football. There have been a lot of good players. That Some, of Some, Some of the best. Some of the best. very best. And we're just wondering who was our favourite R. Raúl García. With his, his, he wasn't <laughs> there. Strangely,
0: not pitchers.
1: We've got Raul, Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, Rivaldo, Romario, we didn't put Redondo. Uh, I mean,
0: it's an almost impossible question to answer. I would say that maybe nowadays Rivaldo is the most underrated or underappreciated. I think he was the best player at that World Cup they won. No one talked about him. But that's the World Cup. And the scorer, of course, of the best hat-trick in... La Liga, history on the last day of the season. Absolutely sensational. Did you, can, you can roll your R's now, right? I can, yeah. I, I still can't.
2: How, how many of you can roll your R's? This is everything that all Spaniards can do, but not many people it's in it's England can do. It's right, those of you who can't, I'm going to give you a tip. I learned to roll my R's. I couldn't do it, right? I couldn't roll my R's. And I was told, and this is amazing because it actually worked when I lived in Oviedo. I was told that what you need to do is say TD repeatedly and fast. Ta-da, ta-da you do this constantly and you're training your tongue to roll an R it got to the point where I could actually only roll the R if I did the run up it was like a a plane going along the runway (laughs) so every time I mentioned Ronaldo I had to go Ronaldo it was a little bit disconcerting on a podcast it's not ideal it was a little bit disconcerting for the people doing their evening stroll in Oviedo to have this English guy walking behind them going but it worked. Uh, was he your favorite R? That Ronaldo that year in 96 97 was the most ri- ridiculous thing I've ever seen. <laughs> he was
1: sensational. Okay, I'm going for Roberto Trasores as my favorite R. Oh, album.
2: like it.
1: Uh, S for Simeone. <laughs> mixed reaction there, there for El To be fair,
2: didn't expect the
1: pantomime. Nah, but well, he, season, you know, He's the man in black, isn't he? So. Nah, By this season, he did not um, improve his standing, I think, amongst uh, UK football fans after the Champions League. But uh, his impact at Atletico Madrid has been enormous. Maybe, one, maybe the biggest impact then of any manager ever. You can make ever. an
0: argument that he has had maybe. The, the biggest impact. Of course, the alternative will be someone like Cruyff at, at Barcelona but what Simeone has done in terms of making the title race almost every year a proper 3 horse yeah. title race 10 years in a row they've qualified for the Champions League every single Ten time 10 years in a
2: row top three as well it's not just yeah. fourth place any of those seasons it's top three all the way through I mean it's worth just
1: like underlining where they were when he took over because obviously they've always been a big club they've had history okay they won the Europa League in 2010 but they were so far away from being the global club that they are now and it's all happened under him
2: yeah no, it really is extraordinary. And one of the reasons why it worked was because it's him. Because he was possibly the only person who could have that kind of ability to agglutinate what at the time was a really quite fractured club. You know, the, the board, the players, the fans, even the media. This idea that this is a figure so kind of all-encompassing, so significant. Everyone knew that at some stage he was going to come back to Atletico. The question was, When? And that this he had that kind of power and that authority that no one else in the club had. Like, no one. Which isn't to say it would necessarily have succeeded. And you talk about the impact. I was trying to think of a manager whose impact on a club was as immediate and as complete as his. And the only one I could come up with was was Clough. Genuinely, the only one I could come up with in terms of that immediate impact. Because obviously you can talk about Guardiola at Barcelona and of course, but they had won the European Cup three years earlier, Mm. or two years earlier. And this is sort of from nowhere. That said, this year there was an attempt when they played Getafe to kind of rehabilitate Kike Sanchez-Flores and to remind people they did actually win the Europa League before Simeone. So there was the, if you like, the basis of a team there. But what he's done is, is just, just I, I, I think he's the, in terms of the transformative power, I think he might be the best manager
1: in Spanish football history. He's the best no, paid club manager, manager as well. That's what? Best paid manager. Yes, well. he is. Yes. So he's being uh, financially rewarded for his tremendous success. S is also for. Wait, wait, wait. S is for that which is
2: empty. Thank <laughs> you. <cute. laughs> I'm re- I'm. I'm doing. I've got to make the most of this. It won't. It won't for continue for
1: very long. Thank, Thank you very you, much. Keegan. San Miguel Especial, sabor único y auténtico is this is, this, is this where you go like this uh, <laughs> uh yeah they're made by Mao as well uh we also like m for Mao a lot uh tea let's move on to tea shall we and tea i mean at the risk of being a little bit self-indulgent tea is uh it's for us tea is for us yeah um you know we're heading into our 10th season 10 years of TSF our tenth season uh so yeah just to say uh thanks everyone for listening supporting the podcast Thanks to everyone who's a patron. If you're not a patron, patreon.com forward slash TSFP. It's only four (laughs) quid a month. And otherwise, yeah. There are other tiers as well where you can go even higher if you really want to. You can, you can, but you know. Um, Thanks for the support. We'll keep podding if you keep listening. If you listen to the podcast, you will know that we're fascinated uh, by Uruguay. I mean, I say we. I say we. It's predominantly me and Sid to a lesser extent, and Al just thinks we're weird, but... I've I've
0: been and I liked it. Yeah,
1: but I've not been. (laughs) And I'm slightly obsessed by it. I'm I'm
2: worried about the day that you do go it not living up to your... It won't, it won't. I I think you imagine the motorways being people driving
1: unicorns. (laughs) You know, what? I love loaded it. with state. I'm fascinated by Uruguay just because, on a footballing level, if you love football and you see this tiny, tiny country dwarfed by two enormous footballing superpowers like Brazil and Argentina, and still competing and actually being the most successful team in the history of Copa America, yeah. for example, and producing so many great players, it's just a miracle. Is it that, or is it Diego Forlan's abs?
0: Yeah, a bit of both. I think it might
1: be Luis
2: Suarez's arse, actually. That's him.
1: <laughs> All right, it's getting into territory where an official La Liga event probably shouldn't go to. But we're fascinated by Uruguay, and um, we're going to play another game. Yes. yes. Anybody want to play a game? We've got more
0: fantastic prizes. We're going to be giving away the official La Liga Puma Orbiter match ball. For this coming season. Yes. It might have been played with a little bit. No, you'll get
1: an actual proper one. This is this is. We've this got
0: is. some TSFP mugs, we've got some TSFP t-shirts and some stickers. We've got more, we've got more shirts. Football shirts more in the football grab box football yeah. as well. So we need two
1: volunteers for this latest game. It involves Ooh. Uruguay. Let's have Madrid and Atletico. There we go. Oh, it's a derby! Oh. <laughs>
2: Do you think that the fight we didn't get in Lisbon we might now get in in, in London? Okay, so right, I'm hang on. First things first, let's
1: l- allow them to choose a shirt, shall we? Okay, yeah. If you want to do that first, But Sid loves this bit. He's I do. Off, going off script. This was not like this, we weren't supposed to do it like this, but anyway. Uh, so, guys, eyes please closed. Choose a shirt. Uh, I think we're going to have to give them the mic. Not right? bad, athletic. We will. Yeah. Me and uh, me and Sid. Yeah, you and Sid give them Ooh. the mic. Raya, right, oh, ah. that's a beauty. Ah. Very good one. And, ah, you've got two good ones, guys. You've got two very good ones. There we Cid, go.
0: you and I are going to hand over our microphones. Oh, we are, aren't we? Yes, of course, because Sorry. we will need to hear what they have to say.
1: Because, according to Wikipedia, 187 Uruguayans have played in La Liga. <laughs> How many of them can you name?
0: <laughs>
1: now. Don't say anything yet. Don't say anything. Don't try not to say anything. We're going to go back and forth. You say you're a Uruguayan. you say you're a Last man standing wins whatever it was. The, football, the ball, the ball, the ball. Both of you get some TSFP tat. And both of you get some TSFP and uh, merchandise. So, we should toss to see who goes first. We right? should, you got a coin? We. Uh, uh, No: coin. No. Oh, we don't, okay. Uh, you'll go first, okay. All right. Suarez. Borlander. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Wait a minutes. Maxi Goldman. <laughs> oh! We have a, oh! a countdown count, second, second down,
1: countdown. Maxi Goldman is quite oh. early. The tension is... Time's oh! up! Oh! Okay, so just quickly to oh, read. read
0: to, yeah. oh. <laughs> he, uh,
1: he's not Uruguayan. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm just going to read through the Uruguayans that you didn't mention. So we, no, I'm not really. Thank you very much. Thank you. You win the magnificent football. and uh, you TSFP Mugs. TSFP Cats. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Craig. Thank you. V is for a very special place in Spain and in the world of football. V is for Vallecas with a... It's a special, crumbling, borderline hazardous stadium and it is one of our favourite places in the world to watch football. I've been there many, many times. When Al and I moved to Spain, we lived pretty close to there. We used to go a lot. I've continued to visit. Sydney has been there dozens of times over his two decades in Spain. And, yeah, it's pretty unique.
0: It's, it's entirely
2: unique.
1: Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah.
2: It's a brilliant place. It's a... Uh, it's a place that is very much of its neighborhood. It's a place that's very conscious of its identity. It's a place where, as you say, it sort of shouldn't be the way it is, but it's better that it's the way it is. Um, there's so many great stories about Rio, um, and this is the place where we've seen the, the lights sabotage. This is a place where we've seen to use the old joke, a man broke into Rio's training into Rio's trophy room, and police are looking for a man with a carpet. That kind of thing. But that actually happened. And I remember brilliantly the, the, the one of the directors of the club saying, Yeah, it turns out that he's a season ticket holder. And, so, and the terrible thing is he's been at the ground loads of times. It's called casing the joint. That's what he was doing. And this was kind of rye all over. Their fans do the best protests anywhere. This is the when they're complaining about the ticket prices, they said they turned up one summer and pay for ticket prices in coins. They turned up with great big heavy bags full of coins. So, "All right, I'm going to pay for my season tickets in coins."
1: Uh, let's move on, uh, official La Liga show. Uh, Vinicius is the—he is, is the big V in, in 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 La Liga. He's the main V. He was pretty
0: good. He was last year. last year. Have we ever seen a, a faster improvement from one season to the next than what we saw from Vinicius last year compared to the previous season? Maybe, maybe not. It's got no, to be up might, there. might be right. I mean, he
2: he had a, a couple of moments last year and He was. Very, very good against Liverpool in the Champions League. The, yeah. Um, but certainly the consistency that he's shown this year, the, the fact that he was taking... There was that lovely moment at the start of the season, I think it was away at Levante, where he scored that unbelievable goal, comes in off left-hand oh, yeah. side, of the corner, sort, of, sort of dink, stroke, toe-poke, stroke, floats it into the corner. And afterwards, Ancelotti... Another one of the great things about Ancelotti. Ancelotti said afterwards, yeah, I've been telling him that if he wants to score goals, not to take too many touches... People who score goals, they don't take loads of touches, they just finish first time. And there's Vinicius running out on the pitch taking, what, 25 touches to run through everyone and put in the net. And Ancelotti just going, yeah, all right, fair enough. Um, and and I, think, I, I, I genuinely think Vinicius has been fortunate to encounter a manager like Ancelotti, to, to back him and force him through. Remember the game, I think it might have been against us sooner, when he scored and he sunk to his knees and he cried because he, he hadn't scored for six months or, or, or however long it was. And there was definitely a lot of pressure there. And now you're watching play and it doesn't feel like there's any at all.
1: Absolute stu- superstar Vinicius. We're very interested to see what you can do uh, next season. Uh, w is not easy, guys, when we're doing Spanish football. I mean, this what you is, can see here is,
0: is that's the page in the dictionary devoted to the letter W. And you probably can't read it, but literally half of it is just talking about the letter W. Well, yeah, not that, even that first,
2: that first block yeah. of text is explaining what the letter is. Because, of course, you need to use a lot of words to explain what the letter is if they don't know what the letter is. Because if you look at the words that actually are in there, they're basically all Spanishifications of words that don't exist in Spanish. So, whiskey. Yeah. You've got vaeberian. Uh, You've got what, as in the electricity, rather than
1: what. So, we've, we've had to be creative with the W, and we've gone for...
0: <laughs> Gareth. We miss you. We will miss you. Farewell, sweet
1: prince. I mean, this... I, mean, I this, flag, flag. this flag has become as sort of defining as his Champions League goals for his time. It's in the greatest Madrid. thing he ever did. <laughs> <laughs> sure, forget it's, the overhead kick in the exactly. Champions League final. I mean, that does kind of sum up his time at Real Should
2: I admit that the, the other day... Well, I say the other day. It was about two weeks ago. A friend came out to, to visit me in Madrid and he bought me a Wales shirt. And... Um, yeah. I haven't done it yet, but as you can imagine, my first thought was, I know where this is going. So I went to, um, our one is called Chenxi, one of these, these kind of, uh, what used to be the Tour Athienne shops, you know, the, the, the kind of Chinese bazaars okay. where you buy absolutely everything. And I went and bought a set of toy golf clubs. I am going to go to the Puerto de Sol with my toy golf clubs, <laughs> wear my whale shirt and take a photograph in honour of the greatest moment in Spanish football history. <laughs> Good,
1: OK. Uh, we will uh, document that momentous uh, occasion when it happens.
2: Please keep, keep filming as I get dragged away <laughs> yeah. in, you know, in a bloody pulp.
1: Uh, w, we, we do actually have some, some proper uh, footballing stuff to talk about in terms of W. The Williams brothers. The, the two on the top uh, are the, uh, the Williams yeah. brothers. Uh,
2: Is that not the loveliest photograph you yeah. have ever seen in your life? That one on yeah. the top?
1: Uh, Niko Williams, Williams, who played for Athletic Club. These two
2: guys are playing together now. The the, the moment this year after the Super Cup, when they went and hugged their mum after after they played in the Super Cup, it's just brilliant. And how great is it that Enyaki going to the World Cup? We've got. Yeah, I'm, I must admit, I'm quite surprised. Right. So so the, the photo at the bottom is is uh, by the way, I'd like to make it very clear here. I'm a professional. I don't normally do this kind of thing. Uh, take a picture with a player, but I do kind of quite love Enyaki a little bit. So I, I had to. But when, that was from an interview back in the spring and actually asked Inyaki about the possibility of playing for Ghana. For those who don't know, his, his family story is extraordinary. His parents crossed the desert, um, climbed the fence into Malia. The fence wasn't quite as big as it is now, but there was a border there and it was a very dangerous crossing. And he, he tells the story, for example, that all through his life he didn't know why his dad had problems walking. And it was because the soles of his dad's feet were burnt from crossing the desert and, and they'd been on this... And, Incredible journey to get into Spain, and then being looked after by by a, a, a priest at the charity Caritas in, in Pamplona, and, and you know this is the beginning of this this whole well, the beginning is, is the major part of this whole incredible journey. But so because of that, because his parents are both Ghanaians, although to get through immigration, they claimed that they were fleeing the Liberian civil war. He could play for Ghana, and, and during this interview, I asked him about the possibility of playing for Ghana, and, and he said something which. I was really surprised by which was not so much to say well they haven't called me or well I want to hang on for Spain he, he said something he said that I'm not sure if it's right for me to go and play for Ghana because I was brought up in Spain and I feel Basque and I feel Spanish and that is kind of if you like my outlook and there are players for whom playing for Ghana would be their absolute everything that would mean the world to them, and it doesn't feel right to take a place off them. And it, after this lovely, long, emotive speech, he's clearly changed his mind.
1: Yes. <laughs> but can you blame I mean, playing to be in honest, the World you Cup. You can't blame yeah, him you at can't all. Blame it's, him.
2: Play, it's, it's playing in the World Cup, and, 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 and I think he's brilliant. And, uh, you know, he's exceptionally fast. Yes.
1: I mean, it's ridiculous how quick he is. He doesn't always finish as well as, his, thing, as yeah. he runs, it's yes. true. Uh, if, yeah. If, if, if he finished as well as he ran, then he'd be Ballon d'Or. But there we go. Uh, Yeah, and,
2: and his brother, by the way, his brother is uh, Nico, who's, what, I think it's seven years younger than him. His brother is really talented. Uh, I, think, I think technically, probably a better player than Iñaki. I don't think he's a, as athletic as Iñaki. And a lot of you will know this, but Iñaki Williams has played every single game for six years. But no injury, no suspension, no manager. And I think he's been through seven managers in that time who said, actually, you know what, mate? Sit out this week. Every league game. No COVID, exactly.
1: Incredible, really. Uh, The Williams brothers uh, uh, at WX is pretty simple. Could have been difficult in another language, but there we go. We've got Chavi, and we've got him in charge of Barcelona. It's going to be his first full season. He's got a pre-season for the first time to prepare the side. How good is he going to be?
0: I was chuckling to myself yesterday uh, when Barca flew off to Miami for the US tour. (laughs) And Chavi could not fly with them <laughs> because he was denied, denied permission to board to fly to the US because he had previously he been visited in Iran, Iran, Iran as an al Saad player. He will be there a couple of days late. But it's like the idea of Barca, you know, they're on the plane, every, got everything, yep, luggage sorted, yep, wait Wait a minute, <laughs> wait, a minute wait a minute, we're missing something. What's the manager. Of, I was told a very similar story to that, and I'm going off on a tangent, but, you know, it's about
2: time. We've got almost the end of the alphabet without doing it very similar story uh, to that by Michael Robinson when he was playing for the Republic of Ireland and I can't remember exactly where they were going but basically the bottom line is that they were on a plane to go somewhere and you could go to that place if you were British and you couldn't go to that place if you were Irish or vice versa it doesn't really matter the point is that someone got on the plane and said has anyone got British passports basically half the Ireland team got off (laughs) sorry we're screwed and they they basically had to go with with only half the players Anyway, Chavi. Sorry, that's Chavi. Yeah,
1: back to Chavvy. Good player, good coach. Good, good player, good coach. Let's uh, let's move on. No, um, I, th-
2: I think um, I think the word you've used is the right one as well, coach. I think we have to see his capacity to do the things that Ancelotti does so well—the man management, the environment, the media, the tension, the pressure, and all the rest of it. But in terms of a clarity of an idea of what he wants to do. The way that he coaches players, there's no doubt that he has something about him. Mm. Um, whether it will turn out to be as special as, as Barca fans would like it to be, we'll see. There is big pressure on him now. Huge pressure. Huge. Now. I think there wasn't last year. No. But I, I, I think there is now. And, and, you know, we go back a little bit to Elis for Limite Salarial. They have spent a lot of money. Yeah. They have bought in a lot of players. He doesn't really have the excuse anymore.
1: Yeah, at times last season, they did not have players. But, but now they very much do. Two in every position is what he wants, and he's more or less, uh, more or less got that. Why is for the yellow submarine, Villarreal, uh, although they're not the only yellow submarine, of course. Cadiz are also known as the yellow submarine, which I didn't know, shamefully. I didn't know they were called yeah. the, the yellow submarine until they were uh, promoted. But Villarreal uh, are an extraordinary side. There is did you a... know
2: that Villarreal's a small town? <laughs>
1: There is, a, there is a number. Did you that you know that? I, I, I apparently, there's only 50,000 people that live there. So it is quite extraordinary. Although I have to say, I went there and I don't know how many of you have actually ever been to Villarreal, but to fully comprehend what a tiny, uh, unlikely place it is to have a Champions League semi-final, you've got to go there, you've got to walk around, you've got to speak to people and realise that this, this this place should not have such a big football club. Yeah. But they do. It's it,
2: It's not just that it's small. It's that it's sort of... I, I, got to, yeah, I know, but I, I, it's, it's difficult to, to, to express it's, this yeah, because it's not because I because I, I like that. What it's it, it it's actually economically reasonably well off because it's a town where where there's almost full employment because of the ceramics factories around it. It's a town that traditionally was dominated by the ceramics factories in the sense that the, the, they were I think employed something like 19% of the population of the town. So you're really very much a kind of a, a I was going to call it potteries, but it's not of course because it's ceramics for for manufacturing rather than ceramics for plates and so on. Um, but there, there was a real set... that. So it's a significant town in that sense, but it's not really a town that you would visit. It's not a town with a city centre. It's not a town with, a, with an identity. So it's not just that this place is small. And, and I'm, I'm uneasy saying this, because I say, I admire the people there. I like a lot of people there. It's actually a nice place to go. There's a couple of... One great restaurant, it's always shut, but there's one great restaurant. Um, but it, it, they shouldn't have a European semi-finalist.
0: And also probably the most consistently well-run club... In Spanish football
1: Both go hand in hand I mean how
0: how many mistakes Do they make When it comes to managers When it comes to players Very few It's
2: extraordinary And and actually one of the things That they've done I think Is that when they When they have decided They've made a mistake They act Even if it doesn't look Like a great idea So for example Mm -hmm. Sacking Javi Calleja Looked incredibly unfair It really did He got them back into Europe He'd done anything You could possibly Have asked him to do But they had already decided We want Unai Emery in We want to take that step, and we've already discussed that in in terms of the league performances, they've not been that great with Unai Emery, but they've got that thing that they were looking for. And you talk about the consistency, it's 26 years ago now since the Roche family took over. 22 of those. This is a team that had never been in the first division before. 22 of those in the first division, 15 of them in European football six European semifinals, obviously a European final as well and, and, a, and a European trophy with the with Europa League. And it's the consistency of it that is extraordinary. And this kind of happens by chance, by the way, because the, the, the previous owner, a guy called Pascual la Mora, was ill. and He basically wanted someone to take on this club. And that's where it comes to Roch, who, whose family has been involved in Valencia in basketball, Valencia in football. He's part of the Mercadona group um, and Pamesa Ceramics. And he kind of gets encouraged to take over. And they start with this idea that we're going to make this big. Now, of course, let's not be coy about it. There's a huge amount of money behind it. There's money and there's political power behind it. And there's an awareness of how to do it. But what they've done is extraordinary. £400,000 that the club cost. £72 uh, euros at the time. And, and what they've done is amazing. I love the story. My favourite story is the Diego Forlan one.
1: Mm, me too. So
2: in 2000... Yeah, obviously... Diego Forlán one day took his shirt off and we all swooned. Uh, in 2004, when when they signed Diego Forlán from Manchester United, they tried to make a friendly against United part of the deal, and because you know, for a club like Villarreal, getting Manchester United in, in, in this town would have been huge. And Man United weren't interested. He said no. And Roch says to his son, who's now the CEO, "Don't worry about it. They'll come back next year and they'll come for free." Of course, the very next year, boom, they were there in European competition.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see how uh, get on this season. They need to improve on seventh from last season in La Liga. We're, we've reached the last letter. Z is for Zamora. Uh, the Zamora trophy is handed out by Marca, uh, marker the newspaper for the goalkeeper with the lowest goals conceded to games play ratio. Uh, you have to have played at least 28 games. Recent winners include Jano Black, Jano Black, Jano Black, Jano Black... <laughs> and Thibaut Courtois. Last season, it was Sevilla's uh, Yassine Bono.
2: Should we do the joke? No, we won't.
1: <laughs> well, you do it
2: <laughs> you th- you every day. Do it yourself, yeah. 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 It's, uh, uh, it's a, a beautiful a joke day when you do
0: that joke.
1: Uh, who was Zamora, Sydney? Uh, who
2: was Zamora this year? It was Yassine Bono, you've just pointed out. Yes. Uh, Zamora was, was uh, goalkeeper at both uh, Espanyol and Barcelona. In fact, went from Espanyol to Barcelona and back again and at Real Madrid. This save, I think this might be, apart from that picture of Carlo Ancelotti at the very start, the most famous photograph in Spanish football history. This save is in the last minute of the, the, what was then the Copa de la Republica, the Cup final in 1936. This is the last, pretty much the last touch on a ball before the Civil War starts. It's a shot from Jose Escolar, and, and the model dives down and makes his save. And obviously, what makes the photograph brilliant, as you can sort of tell, is, is that the sort of dust comes up around him. You've literally got this moment where he sort of emerges from the dust holding, holding the ball. And it's, it's, I think, certainly the most famous save in Spanish football history. Then, of course, the Civil War starts. He was imprisoned. Uh, he came out of prison partly because they recognised him as this goalkeeper. He was suspected of being a nationalist sympathiser, was in a Republican prison in in Madrid. He then goes to France, where he sees out his career playing for Nice, but does come back to Spain after that. But he was, if you like... I, I suppose the best way of putting this is to say he was the first kind of superstar of Spanish football. You know, the, the first... Um, media star, the, the, the guy that everyone looked at, the guy that everyone saw as being incredibly handsome, very important, very significant songs written about him, uh, a character, a drinker, a nightlife lover some, and, and, and an exceptional footballer at the same time. So this is possibly, I think Ricardo Thamoda can probably be described as Spanish football's first absolute superstar. Wow, there we go. That's a nice place to... End, That's a nice it? place to end.
1: From uh, their I first think.
2: absolute superstar, too. <laughs> 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 Took a couple of geezers from North London.
1: <laughs> That's it uh, for the A to Z. Uh, thanks so much for coming. Uh, it's been great fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it, too. I've got to say thank you uh, to Keegan and the team at La Liga, to Zoe and everyone at the Playbook, Stonegate Pubs, the Editor's Tap and Premier Sports. Uh, please become a patron. Patron.com forward slash DSFP. Uh, get Premier Sports. Enjoy La Liga next season. And uh, continue listening to the podcast. Thanks, amigos. Adios. Cheerio. Bye.
0: Health Network.